just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. Last night was pretty eventful. I think you'd agree. We had the first of the January 6th committee televised hearings. And I know there was a lot of anticipation about this. People were very excited about it. I was. And I have to be honest, I was not disappointed at all. I thought it went very well. It was very well produced and very well presented which I'm glad of because the Democrats aren't known for their messaging. They got some help from some television people and some prosecutors, and it showed. And it's important for these hearings to go exactly as planned so they can message what happened, who did it, and what the evidence is. And that's very much what they did to start things out last night. Now, I think there are some people out there that thought there would be damaging knockout blows in this particular hearing. But what you have to understand is this first hearing was kind of setting everything up, kind of the opening arguments of a trial. Lay out the whole situation so people understood what was going on. Now that said, there were some things that were revealed in this hearing that are kind of interesting. One of the things that people always talk about in terms of Donald Trump's culpability in this whole thing is, what was his intent? Did he know that he'd lost the election? Did he know that there was no election fraud? And apparently, at least with a former president, if you didn't intend to be seditious, you may not be guilty of it. But in this hearing, it was very clear that he was advised by his advisors, by the people he hired and paid to advise him, he was told that, yes, in fact, he did lose the election. And he was also told that there was no election fraud. He was told this by Bill Barr, Ivanka Trump, his daughter, Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, and some other people on the administrative staff. So he knew whether he chose to believe it or not, I'm not sure. We'll talk more about this later in the show. Uh, but what they've done is they set it up uh, to show that he knew very well what his people were saying. Now it's a matter of proving that he knew that he lost and he knew there was no election fraud. And those things will come coming up uh, in the subsequent hearings. There was one thing I found very interesting. Uh, Benny Thompson was being interviewed after the hearing. Of course, he's the chairman of the J6 committee. And he was asked, if you have any proof that somebody from the Trump administration met with the Proud Boys and or the Oath Keepers prior to the event, that would suggest premeditation. And Benny Thompson said, yes, we do. And that will come up in some subsequent hearings. So if we know Donald Trump met with the Oath Keepers 
or the Proud Boys or somebody in his organization met with them ahead of time, and we know that his own staff told him that he lost and that there was no election fraud, it's reasonable to think that his intent was, in spite of that, I'm going to try to game the system and stay in office. And if that's what he did, then he is quite culpable for insurrection, a sedition, whatever you want to call it. But he's in some deep shit. Now, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I said before the hearing, and I'll stick with it, that Liz Cheney is going to be the star of the show. She is a Republican. She is also the daughter of Dick Cheney, who is probably one of the evilest guys we've ever seen. And you can bet that Liz has got some of that in her, too. She's a tough lady. She's a conservative. I would never vote for her, but I appreciate her taking the risk she is taking. I heard somebody say, and I don't know that this is true, but she's got a primary coming up in her home state of Wyoming, and it's not going well for her, as you might expect. So she's risking it all to tell the truth and to fight for democracy, and you've got to give her some respect for that. Now, former President Donald Trump had a sophisticated seven-point plan to overturn the 2020 presidential election over the course of several months, the January 6th committee vice chair Liz Cheney said. He said she said that he had a seven-point plan, detailing how the panel uh, plans to use its future hearings to tackle each part of that scheme. On the morning of January 6th, President Donald Trump's intention was to remain president of the United States despite the lawful outcome of the 2020 election and in violation of his constitutional obligation to relinquish power, said Cheney. Now, in her opening statement, Cheney did not detail the specific points of the plan. Uh, She said that the rioters who breached the Capitol and fought with police were motivated by Trump's actions, falsely claiming that the election was stolen from him. President Trump summoned the mob, assembled the mob, and lit the flame of this attack, Cheney said, echoing the statement she made in 2021 when she voted to impeach Donald Trump. A committee source later gave CNN the following description of the sophisticated seven-part plan. President Trump oversaw a sophisticated seven-part plan to overturn the 2020 election and prevent the transition of presidential power. And here are Liz Cheney's seven points. Number one, President Trump engaged in a massive effort to spread false and fraudulent information to the American public, claiming the 2020 election was stolen from him. Number two, President Trump corruptly planned to replace the acting attorney general so that the Department of Justice would support his fake election claims. Number three, President Trump corruptly pressured Vice President Pence to refuse to count certified electoral votes in violation of the U.S. Constitution and the law. Number four, President Trump corruptly pressured state election officials and state legislators to change election results. Number five, President Trump's legal team and other Trump associates instructed Republicans in multiple states to create false electoral slates and transmit those slates to Congress and the National Archives. 
Number six, President Trump summoned and assembled a violent mob in Washington and directed them to march on the U.S. Capitol. And number seven, as the violence was underway, President Trump ignored multiple pleas for assistance and failed to take immediate action to stop the violence and instruct his supporters to leave the Capitol. Now, all of that is true. That all absolutely happened. And if all of that is true, then Donald Trump is guilty. These are the initial findings, and the Select Committee's investigation is still ongoing. In addition, the Department of Justice is currently working with cooperating witnesses and has disclosed to date only certain parts of the information it has identified from encrypted communications from other sources. So it appears as though in this hearing, everything's pointed at Donald Trump. They're trying to prove that Donald Trump is guilty of spearheading this whole plan. And I think all of us, when we watched what was going on on January 6th, when the Capitol was attacked, I think we all kind of thought the same thing, that it was just a bunch of rogue people who got angry and got out of hand and attacked the Capitol. It was just happenstance. It just it just happened because the anger was boiling. But then after that, we find out that there was a significant plan to overturn the election. And this plan came prior to the election. So these people clearly knew that Donald Trump had a very good chance of losing. His data guy told him on the date on November 2nd or 3rd that uh, he was definitely going to lose. The guy he hires to look at the numbers to decide where he stands. The data guy said he was going to lose. So prior to the election, they were concerned about this, and they were making plans to remedy the situation in their favor should he actually lose. And then it was a big as Liz Cheney pointed out, seven-point plan. This is all premeditated. This is without question sedition or treason or whatever you want to call it. But they were trying to usurp the uh, peaceful transition of power. We know for the first time in the history of this country, a president was involved with trying to stop that peaceful transition of power. The first president to ever do that is Donald Trump. And let's keep our fingers crossed and hope against hope that he is the last president that does something like that. Now, as you might guess, we're going to be talking mostly, if not totally, about the hearing. So bear with me here. What was interesting when they were talking about the things that Donald Trump was saying, the lies that he was spewing about uh, he didn't lose the election and that there was election fraud. Uh, They had people, they had videotapes of previous depositions stating what Donald Trump was told and what he knew. And one of the strongest of the videotapes was of William Barr, the attorney general at the time when he was dealing with Donald Trump. Barr said, I had three discussions with the president that I can recall. One was on November 23rd, one was on December 1st, and one on December 14th. And I've been through the give and take of those discussions, 
And in the, that context, I made it clear I did not agree with the idea of saying the election was stolen and putting out this stuff, which I told the president is bullshit. And I didn't want to be part of it. And that's one of the reasons that went into me deciding to leave when I did. The House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol played video of former Attorney General Bill Barr describing Donald Trump's election fraud lies as bullshit. Now, what was even more interesting, they had a video of Ivanka Trump. And she was asked what she thought about uh, what Bill Barr said. And she said, I had a lot of respect for Bill Barr and I could only believe him. So here's Ivanka Trump throwing daddy under the bus saying, yeah, what daddy was thinking and what he was saying was absolute bullshit. Donald Trump lost the presidential election in 2020, said Representative Benny Thompson, the chair of the select committee. And he said that during his opening remarks. The American people voted him out of office. It was not because of a rigged system. It was not because of voter fraud, he said. Don't believe me? Hear what his former attorney general had to say about it. Thompson warned the audience that the clip of Barr was going to contain strong language. Well, that's questionable. Bullshit isn't quite as strong as maybe it could be. So then... Uh, William Barr went on to say that this whole idea of election fraud was absolute bullshit. This is what the sitting attorney general appointed by Donald Trump said to Donald Trump, and he chose to disregard it. I can't say he didn't believe it. I think he knew that it was bullshit, but it didn't matter to Donald Trump. People who are narcissists do all the same things. If they lose a fight, a competition, or anything like that, they will deny that they lost and try to make excuses as to why they won. Because these people just cannot cannot live with the fact that they lost. Because they are insecure, and in their minds, if they lose something, then they immediately think of themselves as losers. That's what you have to understand about Donald Trump. He comes off about being this ultra confident guy. He is not. He is the exact opposite. All the things he does and says is a cover for his deep set insecurity. That's commonplace in insurrectionists. Yeah, that too. But narcissists, they can't be wrong. That's why if you argue with a narcissist, you can't win the fight. They'll come up with something else. They'll make a threat. They'll go off on some conspiracy theory or some bullshit. So there's never any reason to argue with them. And as much as I fault the administration with Donald Trump, I understand where they're coming from. They knew what they were dealing with. No matter what they said, he was only going to believe what he wanted to believe. And if they pushed the issue, then he would get angry and mad and throw things and get upset. And these people just didn't want to deal with that shit. So they did whatever they had to do to avoid it. And that's that's what we're seeing uh, in this whole scenario. But I like what the select committee is doing. They're saying Donald Trump did this. And then they have a video of somebody that's close to Donald Trump verifying that. And that's important. 
It's one thing for Benny Thompson or anybody else in the Democratic Party to say that Donald Trump did something. But when they can prove he did something with one of his own people saying it, that has to that has to take effect with even Republicans. Now, I've said before, the 30% or 32% of the Republicans that are the base, there is nothing you can say, do, or show that's going to change their mind. You might as well just forget about them. They are lost cause. But there's only 30 or 32% of them. That's not enough to win an election. Amongst the Republican Party, there are people of a reasonable mind. And when they hear these things and find out uh, that there's evidence of these horrific crimes, they're not going to want to be a party to it. Now, what they do ultimately, who knows? Do they vote Democrat? Maybe, but probably not. But at the very least, they won't vote for the Republicans in the midterms or in the 2024 election. They don't want to be associated with that criminal activity, that horrific behavior. And that's really what this hearing is about. I get this comment all the time. They say, well, they can say whatever they want, but they'll never convince the Trumplicans. You're right. But they're not trying to convince the Trumplicans. They're trying to convince people of a reasonable mind. And they're doing it in a way that uh, the media refuses to do. And what I'm saying is they're giving the facts, they're backing it up with evidence, and they're throwing it in people's faces and letting them decide what they think. Is it bad? Is it good? Now, if the Democrats say this is bad, well, then they'll naturally uh, push away from it. But we're looking at something similar to real journalism in the fact that the facts are, are laid out there and people get to decide. And as I said, those people that are of uh, reasonable mind are not going to want to be associated with something like this. It's appalling. It's horrible. And there has to be some good Republicans. The base will never be saved, but the key is to get some of those reasonable Republicans to understand and be repelled by what was going on. We don't need 32%. The Democrats have more people. They can win the popular vote. But we've got to win the electoral votes, too. So there has to be an outpouring of voters in the midterms, unprecedented amount of voters in the midterms. And we only need a few percentages of the Republicans or people that are conservative to either vote Democrat or not vote at all. We only need like 5%, and that will be enough to win these elections. So if you come on the TikToks or the podcast and say, well, they'll never convince those people, we know that. We know they will never convince the base. That's not the point. It's hopefully appealing to people with a reasonable mind. Now, legendary journalist Robert Woodward You remember him from the Watergate days. He's a very bright man, a great writer, and he was one of the two 
Woodward and Bernstein, who broke open the Watergate story back in the 70s. Bob Woodward said that the case was made against Donald Trump by the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Woodward was interviewed on CNN Anderson Cooper's program following the Select Committee's first primetime hearing. He's a natural go-to guy because of his experience with Watergate and the fact that he's interviewed uh, Donald Trump several times. Was there anything really new tonight? For minds that are already made up, was there anything new that would convince people to look at this in a new light? Anderson Cooper asked. Bob Woodward said, oh yes. I think what happened tonight was historic. I think it's brilliant, truly brilliant presentation by Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney. Listen to the detail, and they have it. They have it cold, as best I can tell from my own reporting. I also think this committee has done kind of the equivalent of what happened in the famous Army McCarthy hearing when Joe McCarthy was accused by a lawyer in a very memorable way saying, You have, do you have no shame? Woodward said, This committee has essentially said to Donald Trump, do you have no shame? And clearly, Donald Trump has no shame. Woodward's basically saying what I'm saying. We've got to get the information out. We've got to get the evidence displayed. And we've got to take control of the narrative. Now, the Republicans were saying they're going to do counter-programming and all this stuff. I heard Marjorie Taylor Greene give some bullshit speech. But they didn't do very well drowning out this hearing. They did a horrible job, and it's not surprising. Nobody wants to hear what they have to say because these people prattle on for days and days and days, and most of what they say is bullshit, so nobody wants to hear it. So as much as they tried to drown out the hearing, they were not successful. And this is what I've said all along. The Democrats have to raise the prof- their profile a little bit. They have to start, start talking more. They have to uh, um, be loud and proud and drown out these clowns. you got to do to them what they did to you for the last 15, 20 years. You've got to turn it back on them and beat them at their own game. You've got these hearings which are exposing all kinds of criminality and corruption. You need to keep pounding on that day in and day out. People come up to me and say, but what can we do? Well, I'll tell you what you can do. You can pay attention and pass the word along. And in hopes that they, that the people you pass it on to will then again pass it on. Keep the narrative running. Now, people came to me and said, you should do a live during the, uh, the hearing." It was mostly on Facebook they were asking me to do that, but uh, I got a few on TikTok too. And here's the thing. I didn't do a live during the event because I think it's absolutely crucial, absolutely important that everybody watches this, takes it in, comprehends it, understands it, and then pass the information along. All too often in this country, people get lazy. They hear the headlines, and that's all they know. And when they hear the headlines, they don't know the whole story. That's the whole reason for doing the Rational Boomer. 
I try to take these stories that might upset people or make them happy and give them the full story so they know exactly what they're dealing with, not what the media wants you to know. The media wants you happy, upset, sad, whatever. They want to touch your emotion so that you keep watching. And if that means making something good look bad or something bad look good, they will fucking do that. Don't trust everything you hear in the media. Find out for yourself. I'll do what I can with the Rational Boomer, but read. Look at the whole story and understand what's going on. And that is the way we beat the Republicans. When people on the Democratic side are informed and speaking out about it. If you want to know what you can do, that's exactly what you can do. All right, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. On every show, I tell you that if you have questions, comments, or complaints, just reach out to me at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Those emails come directly to me and your input is crucial to this show. The show is called Rational Boomer Podcast, but that's not to suggest that I'm the Rational Boomer. I am not. I am simply a Rational Boomer. All of you are Rational Boomers. Anybody of a like mind is a Rational Boomer. Strength comes in numbers and not through an individual. You have perceptions and insights that may have never occurred to me. This isn't a show about me. This is a show about us and gaining a voice in this country. There's 70 million baby boomers in this country. Yeah, I know the younger folks would prefer to push us aside. Every generation has done that. But we are a formidable force if we can get together and speak in one voice. This is why I encourage you to let your friends and family know about the Rational Boomer podcast, not to satisfy my ego, but to give us more power, a stronger voice to help right this ship we call the United States of America. Lastly, I'm offering the opportunity for my listeners to be on the show. Now, it could be two minutes, it could be a half hour, it could be the whole fucking show. I'd much rather have you on the show than somebody pimping a podcast or a book. I want to hear what you think. I want to know what you know. The Rational Boomer Podcast is all about us. Now, we've all heard about how Donald Trump, during the insurrection, sat in the dining room in the White House and uh, was enjoying watching the insurrection. But now through this hearing, uh, we are now getting some verification of that by way of Liz Cheney. Former President Donald Trump welcomed chants by his supporters calling for his vice president, Mike Pence, to be hanged on January 6, 2021. That's according to Liz Cheney. During the first public hearing last night held by the committee, Cheney cited testimony by Trump advisors who recalled the president saying, maybe our supporters have the right idea. Mike Pence deserves it. Trump supporters built a makeshift gallows on the west side of the Capitol during the riot and chanted for Pence to be hanged for refusing to stop the certification of the 2020 presidential election results. New York Times reported last month that at least one witness told the January 6th committee they'd heard about Trump's comment via former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and that a former Meadows aide who was present at the time confirmed it. Cheney also said that the committee will air testimony that Trump really did not want to put anything out by urging his supporters to stand down and leave the Capitol. And 
that the former president was really angry at advisors who said he needed to do so. On the morning of January 6th, President Donald Trump's intention was to remain president of the United States, adding uh, that he had a seven-point plan, which we discussed in the first half. So we now have verification from people who work for Donald Trump, and this is the wonderful thing about this particular hearing. Everything they accused Donald Trump up, they backed it up with comments from people who worked closely or for Donald Trump. The idea that he was okay with Mike Pence maybe getting hanged, that maybe he deserved it, is now verified by somebody who worked with Donald Trump. I mean, this is the kind of human he is. And if he wants us to believe that this uh, whole January 6th insurrection was a whoops-a-daisy, Everything we're seeing in that first hearing says otherwise. Clearly it was planned, and clearly the plan was more extensive than any of us imagined. He was pushing Mike Pence to not certify the election, and of course Mike Pence not only didn't want to do it, there was no way that he could legally do it. But Donald Trump is so stupid that he insisted that he could. Now, even people around Donald Trump told him, it's not going to work, that that can't happen. But Donald Trump believed he was the smartest one in the room, like he always does, and said, this is the way it's going to be, get it done. And then when Mike Pence had the audacity to do exactly what the Constitution forces him to do, he was angry because it went against his wishes. So at that point, he was mad at Mike Pence. He was watching the insurrection. He was upset that Mike Pence might be swept away in a car to safety. He didn't like that idea. He wanted Mike Pence in danger. He even said that maybe Mike Pence deserved to be hanged. This is the president of the United States talking about his vice president, wishing that his vice president would somehow be harmed by this frothing crowd who wanted to hang him. Donald Trump didn't care. Donald Trump doesn't care about anybody but himself. We know that. And in this case, you would hope that he might at least try to be human. But if he had nothing to do with the insurrection and these people going after Mike Pence, you would think that he would have done something to try to stop it. But that's the whole point. He did nothing to stop it. Nothing at all. These are all factors that are going to come into play as far as his intent. Was this just a whoops-a-daisy? And he doesn't know what happened. No, he knows exactly what happened. And the fact of the matter is, is that Donald Trump doesn't do anything unless his hands are on it. We've heard that from his business partners and and we've heard it from people in his administration. He's involved with everything. He knows everything. And if this is true, well, then Donald Trump is complicit. He's guilty of treason or sedition. Now, Representative Liz Cheney, the vice chair of the J6 committee, revealed new video from the committee's interview with chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, saying then-Vice President Mike Pence 
was the one who ordered National Guard troops to respond to the violence on January 6, 2021, and that he was told by the White House to say it was former President Trump. Donald Trump never told the National Guard to go out and help with the insurrection. You know, the Republicans love to say it was Nancy Pelosi. Why did she hold back the National Guard? She didn't. The people that make the call on the National Guard are in the Pentagon, at least for those uh, that National Guard in Washington, D.C. The man that is supposed to pull the trigger, surprisingly enough, is Michael, uh, um, what's his name? Um, Michael Flynn's brother, who is also a Trump humper and Donald Trump's buddy. So there were calls from, I think, the governor of Maryland and some other to the Pentagon saying you've got to do something. And they put them off. They delayed it. They intentionally kept the National Guard out of there. Now, let's be honest. The National Guard is a fairly formidable force. Had they sent the National Guard the first minute anything was happening, that would have been shut down in a hurry. Some people that died would have lived. Some people that would that were injured would not have been injured. But this was Donald Trump's call. This was the Pentagon's call. And not until the vice president went over Donald Trump and said, you got to get the fucking National Guard out here. Vice President Pence, uh, there were two or three calls with Vice President Pence. He was very animated and he issued very explicit, very direct unambiguous orders. There was no question about that, um, Millie said in the video. He was very animated, very direct, very firm to Secretary Miller. Get the military down here, get the guard down here, put down this situation, etc. He added referring to Pence. Milley also described his interactions with Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, that day, drawing a stark contrast between those two conversations. He said, we have to kill the narrative that the vice president is making all the decisions. We need to establish the narrative, you know, that the president is still in charge and that things are steady or stable, or words to that effect. Milley said the video referring to what Meadows told him. I immediately interrupted that as politics... Politics, politics, red flag for me personally, no action, but I remember it distinctly, he added. CNN previously reported that Pence, not Trump, facilitated the mobilization of the National Guard troops to respond to the riot. The video of Milley's testimony, who remains the top U.S. military officer now in the Biden administration, speaks to how the committee will seek to highlight what Trump was doing and not doing as the violence was spiraling out of control. Something CNN has previously reported will be an area of focus during the public hearings. So again, we go back to intent. Did he know what was happening? Well, he was watching it on TV. He saw the insurrection happening. He saw the damage being done, the beating of our police officers, the breaking into the U.S. Capitol, all the destruction and desecration going on in the, uh, in the Capitol. He saw it, and he did nothing. He just enjoyed it. 
So Mike Pence, who's fearing for his life, says, get the National Guard down here. And what does Mark Meadows say? Oh, no, we can't have that. It makes it look like Vice Pence, Vice President Pence is taking control. We need to make it look like Donald Trump is under in control still. But Donald Trump refused to do anything. So that was kind of a tough situation for everybody involved. Now, Liz Cheney had a critical message to members of her own party who, in her words, defend what is indefensible. She said, tonight I say this to my Republican colleagues who are defending the indefensible. There will come a day when Donald Trump is gone. Your dishonor will remain. Cheney herself was, has faced a major backlash from fellow Republicans for becoming a prominent critic of Trump and his lies over the election outcome. Last year, Cheney lost her post in the House Republican leadership after publicly rejecting for months Trump's lies that he won the 2020 presidential election. In our country, we don't swear an oath to an individual or a political party. We take our oath to defend the United States Constitution. That oath must mean something, Cheney said. Yeah, remember that. Liz Cheney was demoted, essentially, and taken out of leadership for simply telling the fucking truth. The Republicans apparently don't like the truth. They did the same to Adam Kinzinger. If you're not going along with the party line and accepting all the lies and the conspiracy theories, well, you can't be part of our club anymore. And that's what happened to Liz Cheney. It's absolutely appalling the way the Republicans have behaved in this whole thing. And as uh, Liz Cheney said, and I'll say it a different way, but it means the same thing. Donald Trump will be gone. He will be inconsequential at some point in the not-so-distant future. But the bullshit and the stink will stay with those people who supported him. These people were kowtowing to Donald Trump because they felt it would hurt their political careers, that Donald Trump would exact some kind of revenge on them, and it would ruin their careers. But here's the problem. By standing by Donald Trump, and while all this is being exposed about Donald Trump, and he will be um, cast aside ultimately, not only by the American public, but by the Republican Party, because soon he will become a liability and uh, no longer uh, an asset. And they will toss him aside. But all those people that stood by him to this very day, with all we know, they still stand by him today. Well, the stink that Donald Trump leaves behind will stay with them for the extent of their careers and beyond. They were worried about their political careers, and that's why they supported Donald Trump. Ironically, now, because they supported Donald Trump, they will ruin their careers, and it's well-deserved. These people can't be trusted. If they're willing to go down the rabbit hole and potentially overthrow our country and get into an uh, autocratic uh, government, they have no business being in public office. They should be expelled, and some of these folks will likely be expelled. <laughs> you know, they're talking about uh, the tours that were given and the help that the sitting members of Congress gave, 
Those specifics didn't come out in the first hearing, but you can bet that they are coming. I saw Marjorie Taylor Greene trying to distract from it in front of Congress. She was giving some bullshit speech. And then she said, nothing really happened. And we've got all these cameras in the Capitol. Why don't you show the video from those cameras? Well, Marjorie, I'd be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. You're one of those people that did those uh, tours. And yes, you will show up on those videotapes. But that's how Republicans do it. Show the videotapes because they don't think they're going to show them. I guarantee at some point in these hearings, those videotapes will come up and they will be shown. And Marjorie Taylor Greene will regret even suggesting it. Well, of course, we know Fox News didn't broadcast the historic hearing with its star anchor saying they are lying and we will not let them do it. Instead, he chooses conspiracies. Well, part of the reason why they don't want to broadcast it, because they'll probably be implicated in this whole fucking mess. Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and some of the others will come up in the conversation. They will come up in the evidence. Tucker Carlson opened his Fox News show on Thursday evening by making it clear that neither he nor Fox, unlike every other major news channel, would be broadcasting the primetime historic House Select Committee hearing on the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. The hearing Carlson intoned was deranged and insulting, and he simply refused to play along. Well, Tucker... You may want to hold on to your diapers because I think you're going to get sucked into this and it's not going to be good for you. Tucker's nervous. He's scared. So is Sean Hannity. Fuck, Sean Hannity was basically a consultant to Donald Trump, an advisor. Sean Hannity told him and his staff what they should do and they followed up with it. If Donald Trump and his administration are guilty of sedition, so must Fox News, because they participated in it. This is the only hour of an American news channel that will not be carrying their propaganda live. Carlson said, comparing the hearing to the stuff you might see in totalitarian regimes. They are lying, and we will not let them do it. Well, sorry, pal, they fucking did it, and they're going to continue to do it seven more times in June. And so as the House committee broadcast previously unseen footage of the shocking violence by a mob of Donald Trump supporters on January 6th, all the country to see Carlson instead broadcast panned out shots of members of Congress watching the footage. They didn't zoom in on the footage. He and his producers plastered hysterical Chiron uh, across the screen for the millions of viewers to see like Jan 6 committee fuels false narratives as sham investigation drags on. Leaders will spend 90 minutes giving moral lecture. Our leaders are focusing on January 6 while ignoring the real threats. Yeah, that sounds like uh, Fox News, Tucker Carlson, and every other fucking trump fuck They refuse to recognize and acknowledge the truth, what truly happened. All you have to do is watch the videotape, and there is no question in your mind. It was violent. It was horrific. People were injured. People were killed. The Capitol was breached, and it was desecrated. There is no way that was a peaceful protest. 
There's no way it was a hoax. There's no way it was Antifa. I saw an interview with somebody. Somebody was talking to a stupid Trumplefuck, and uh, it was wonderful. They were going through this whole thing, and uh, this Trumplefuck was saying, it was Antifa, it wasn't us, it was Antifa. And the reporter looked at them and said, well, if it was Antifa, why didn't Donald Trump do anything? The guy's mouth just opened wide, didn't have an answer, shrugged his shoulders, and walked away. That's who these fucking idiots are. They don't know shit from shit, and uh, they are just absolute fucking idiots. They are cult members, and they have no answer to the truth or the facts. So instead, they try to distract. I'm amazed that Fox News is taking this low road on this. I thought they might not run the uh, hearing, but I thought they'd just ignore it. But instead, they're taunting people that did watch it and saying it's false and it's a lie and all that stuff. I don't understand where their point of view is here. They're in enough trouble as it is. They are going to be be implicated in this whole mess at some point. Maybe they're trying to do what Donald Trump does and distract and divert and uh, drown it out. Well, Fox News doesn't have the capability of drowning this out. This is, as I've said before, too big, and it's going to sweep very wide, and the Fox News folks are not going to fare well in this situation. Well, of course, with all of this going on, you're probably saying to yourself, I wonder what happened with Donald Trump. I wonder what he's thinking. I wonder what he's doing. And, of course, he had a response. I have to believe that when Donald Trump was watching this, and make no mistake, he watched every fucking minute of it. He can't help but watch it because it's about him and he wants to hear the truth and then somehow come up with a way to make others believe that it's a lie. Donald Trump reacted angrily on Thursday night after two hours of primetime coverage across all of the major networks except for Fox uh, regarding the latest hearing of the House Select Committee investigation. So this is what he said. So the Unselect Committee of the Political Hacks refuses to play any of the many positive witnesses and statements, refuses to talk of election fraud and irregularities that took place on a massive scale, and decided to use a documentary maker from Fake News ABC to spin only negative footage. <laughs> Oh, that's ironic. That is, I, I love how he tries to come up with these little nicknames to sting these people. They're called the Select Committee, so he calls them the Unselect Committee. Oh, that's clever. That's like fucking ninth grade. Nice job there. And he wants them to talk to the positive witnesses of this event. Well, who might those be, Donald? You? The Trumplefucks, the toothless fucking rogue Trumplefucks that pissed and shit in the Capitol? Should we talk to them and tell, have them tell us how wonderful it was? Oh, sorry, we can't do that. Most of them are in jail or getting ready to go to jail. You were going to help them. You were going to give them a pardon. But no, you left them stranded. You let them hanging uh, on a wire. So they've got to be not too happy with you at this point. Now, Trump did not indicate which positive witness he would have liked to see testify. Uh, 
because there are none. Nobody is a positive witness of that event. Policemen and police officers were beaten, punched, wrestled to the ground, hit with flags, shot with bear spray. Many officers were seriously injured and had to go to the hospital. A few officers even died in the after effects of this whole situation. And you want to find somebody to speak positively about it? What are you, fucking high? The select committee did show interviews of some of Trump's closest advisors during his attempted coup, including Ivanka Trump, Jared Kushner, Attorney General William Barr, Trump campaign spokesman Jason Miller, and General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Trump posted his grievances to Truth Social as he was banned from Twitter for inciting the January 6th attack. See, there you go. He posted to Truth Social, and nobody goes there. This is just another of Donald Trump's horrible failures, this fucking stupid app. On Twitter, hashtag January 6th committee hearings was the top trending topic in the United States. Select Committee Vice Chair Liz Cheney was the number two trending topic. Ivanka came in at number five. Bill Barr was number seven. Pence was nine. Jared was 12. Select Committee Chair Benny Thompson was 15. Democracy, 16. And Pardons came in at 19. So not surprisingly, Donald Trump is angry because somebody had the audacity to call him out, to tell the truth, to say he's wrong, to say he's a loser. And being a narcissist, that's something he just cannot abide. So he's got to strike back. That's what Donald Trump always does. No matter if he's at fault, no matter if he's guilty, if he's called out about it, he'll try to come back with something harder or something to distract or divert. That's just what Donald Trump does. Donald Trump's going to have a bad June because we've had one hearing and there's seven more coming. And this first hearing is probably going to be the easiest one for him to take. And it wasn't easy when his, uh, his daughter slash girlfriend, Ivanka Trump, comes out and says, yeah, I believe William Barr. I have a lot of respect for him. And William Barr says what Donald Trump thought about election fraud was absolute bullshit. Well, Ivanka throws Donnie Trump under the bus. We had a lot of debate about that. Some people told me she wouldn't do it. And we're going to hear from Ivanka and Jared Moore. It's not just that. We're, we'll hear more from them. But... Uh, of course, Ivanka is going to throw Donald Trump under the bus. We haven't seen how much she is going to throw Donald Trump under the bus. She's young. She has a future. She has a career. She has small children. Do you really think she's going to risk all that to save Daddy Donnie? I don't think so. I mean, if you read anything uh, like in Ivana Trump's book, that's the former wife of Donald Trump, the first one. If you read that book, you know that Donald Trump had little, if any, involvement when it came to raising his kids. Fact is, Don Jr. hated Dad because of the way he was and the way he treated him. He had no involvement in raising these kids. But when he became president and they were adults, of course, he tried to make up for it, or at least 
And, you know, the thing is, I don't think he was trying to make up for anything. I think he just wanted people close to him that he thought he could trust. And that was his two sons, his daughter, and his son-in-law. So he kept them close. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Donald Trump is alleged to be a billionaire and have this big company. Fact of the matter is, it's not that big a company. It didn't have that many people in it. It was basically a mom and pop shop. So the fact that he had his kids involved isn't surprising. But then he goes on to be president and he keeps the presidency a mom and pop shop. And that's how he run it, runs it, through nepotism and absolute fucking ignorance. Well, Donnie's got to be shitting his pants now when Ivanka Trump, Trump acknowledges that uh, his idea of election fraud was absolute bullshit when she agreed with William Barr. This was actually a very good hearing. If you're waiting for the big slam dunks and the knockout punches, don't worry, they're coming. This was the setup for the fight. This was the opening arguments of a trial. Bigger, badder, and more egregious shit is yet to come. They've set the stage. They provided video nobody's ever seen before. They proved that Donald Trump had people in his own organization coming to him and saying, you lost categorically you lost and also that there was no election fraud his own people knew this they told him this and he refused to believe it fact is as i've said before he did believe it it's just not the way of a narcissist to accept defeat they are going to fight and try to game it any way they can until they win Typically, in these kinds of situations, they fail, but they continue to do the same behavior. All right, we're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you very much for taking time to listen. As I've told you before on Sunday, I'm going out of town for about four days, four or five days. So it's going to be difficult for me to do the podcast. That said, there still will be podcasts. I recorded a couple of podcasts uh, yesterday with some listeners. One, Tyler, he's been on the show before. He's from Canada. And another one, Joshua, who uh, was a a very good guest listener. And uh, they'll be coming up Monday and Tuesday. I think I'm talking to Ed tomorrow. So there'll be one Wednesday. And I'll try to have something for Thursday, too. So I won't keep you hanging. That said, while I won't be doing the podcast, I'll still be doing some TikToks and I'll still be doing some things on Facebook. If you're a Facebook person and haven't joined there, you should do that because a lot of what you hear in the podcast, a lot of what you hear on TikTok will be on Facebook. It's on Instagram too if you want to go that route. But um, I'd like to encourage you to friend me on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and Let's keep this ball rolling. Let's get this crowd as big as we can get it. For no other reason than it gives us more power, a louder voice. And that's what we need if there's any hope in saving our democracy and saving this government. So you have a great day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.